Terminator. Should why do I like you doing a Rob Schneider impression is probably the least surprising thing that'll happen to me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, the funny thing is, if you wouldn't have said Rob Schneider's name, I, pr- I mean, I, I know what it's from, but I would not have like known like come up with his name quickly yeah you just associate that skit with the skit not really the actor doing the skit yeah for real it makes real real that definitely makes sense so for the good listeners at home we are here with another edition of the pittsburgh combat sports podcast i'm joined once again by our fearless owner the 247 fighting championships ryan middleton ryan some fights happened in monroeville saturday eh they sure did, didn't they? Uh, qu- quite a night, man. It was wild, man. It was my obviously my first event in the GM position, so I got to see the inner workings of the fight game from start to finish, from weigh-ins to physicals to COVID tests, which, by the way, the COVID tests were the long swabs up the nose, and every fighter and corner man really appreciated that, let me tell you. As somebody who, who was standing there for the whole thing, they just love those long swabs up the nose. Well, hopefully, um, you know, we, we, we hear it all, right? So I don't know if you were privy to this prior to, like, this is some insider stuff that, you know, we're going to share with you guys. But I don't know if you knew anything about this, Hunter, or not, but there were a lot of, like, complaints from fighters and previous shows and fighters on a recent Pittsburgh show MMA show um, that, you know, the doctor was making them bleed like on on these COVID tests and whatnot. So we uh, hopefully, you know, the message got across that they needed to ease up on that a little bit. Well, I have some moderately bad news on that front because definitely I know Matt Factory, head coach and owner Isaac Greeley told me the swab made his nose bleed for sure. And he said it was like, you know, a deep bleed, like from the sinuses. And then uh, also, which is probably a good transition for us, Michelangelo Turner also got a nosebleed and actually showed me the he was using he went to the bathroom, got some toilet paper and he was holding it in his hand when he showed me. He's like, dude, my nose is bleed like the swab made my nose bleed. So Michelangelo, you know, well, may, maybe maybe that, maybe that I didn't know that. See, maybe yeah. that could have something to do with all this well as of right now monday at 10 57 a.m we still have no idea where he's at or what happened right have you heard from him as jim heard i know i haven't i've tried multiple times i mean i didn't try after the fight got canceled Mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm pretty livid at that point so like i'm like once the commit like commission's not going back once they say it's off like i'm done trying i'm done you know but for, well, I don't know, what was it, an hour, hour or so, we were scrambling around trying to find this dude? Like, Yeah, it was actually a little longer than that even because I was trying to handle it myself without even telling you because you have enough, you know, you have enough stress going on on fight night. I'm like, the last thing Ryan needs to worry about right now is finding a fighter who signed a contract. And this is, you know, the bizarre part to me that I still cannot wrap my mind around this. I understand, you know, pre-fight jitters and 
maybe ghosting an opponent. You know, it's not something I would ever do or any professional minded fighter would ever do. But I understand that these things happen. Why would you cut weight, make weight, do all your paperwork and do it in a timely, good fashion? Get your corner man there, do all of his paperwork and licensing, show up on the day of the fight, get the long swab up the nose, have your corner man get the long swab up the nose, and then be chilling in your little locker cubicle an hour before fight and then say, yeah, I don't think I want to do this. I'm out. No, but he didn't even say that. No, no, no. He just laughed. I mean, that's, just you know, yeah. Complete ghosted. Like, yep. where is this dude? We're calling him voicemails, text messages, Facebook messages. Like, uh, you know, I contacted his great grandma. Like, we, we did everything we could. I, I made the great grandma thing up, but um, I believed it. <laughs> but all, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, um, it's just crazy that, you know, you just do that to someone else. You do that to the whole promotion, like whatever. I mean, ultimately I had heard of that happening before. I guess we experience it all. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was crazy before flood city fight night when two guys ghosted on Jordan Wagner and Caden Cassidy and those fights didn't happen, but they ghosted at weigh-ins at least, you know, well, they had to be Usually there's some signs like you like fight week. You start to see like this dude's not real responsive or like he doesn't seem to be posting anything anymore. All of a sudden, like you start to see some signs of like this dude's not solid. Like there's something up. And, yeah. and, and as you do this longer, you, you, you know, when to recognize those and you know, when something's not something's fishy, someone was like, gung-ho about the fight and then all of a sudden they're not anymore so those kind of things like you see but so with um the guy in in flood city fight night like both those guys there were some signs ahead of time that like oh no like this could not you know this could end up bad and 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 ultimately you just got to do what you got to do and we look if people knew the lengths we go to to make some of these fights like happen, it's incredible. Like, um, I, I I always use the example of um, at Brawl the Bird. I don't know, was it eight, seven, with um, oh, what can I think? Jermaine Moy. Yeah, that was seven. Definitely wasn't eight at any rate. So, so Brawl on the Berg seven with Jermaine Moy, like his opponent, we, I mean, just calls us the day of weigh-ins in the morning and is like, I, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Like, wait, what? So we went from that morning, him not being able to make it to like that night, like us arranging flights and stuff like that for him to show up fight day fly in on fight day way in the day of like just crazy stuff and then we're thinking the whole time like he's not getting on the flight like and then we're talking to him like all of these things like <laughs> that's crazy things to make fight fight fights happen that you shouldn't have to do it's it's insane yeah, exactly. And then on top, I mean, the thing to me, which is kind of what I alluded to earlier, like I was trying to keep you away from this situation because everything else on fight night, it's so, so 
so busy and scrambly. The to-do list for fight night is just absolutely insane. So when you already have all these things to worry about, the last thing that should be a problem is getting those fighters into the cage. Like, like you kind of said, you want guys to be excited to show up. And for the most part, you know, nine out of 10 fights obviously happened without any major issue Saturday night. So it was, as you said, an isolated incident, you've never had somebody ghost on fight night, but that's just another, another notch in the two, four, seven belt, I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately a notch we didn't want to have, but a notch we have nonetheless, but like, just like weigh-ins, like there's guys that, you know, weigh-ins are at four o'clock and like it's five o'clock and there's guys that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, and we're scrambling, calling like, dude, are you like, yeah, I'll be there. Like it's, so I don't know. Do we tell certain people like an hour ahead of time? So they show up on time. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but you know, at any point that what people don't understand is any like the commission the pennsylvania commission like no commission they don't care Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter to them if they cancel a fight right so like they can do that like don't risk that why are you risking that we just got an email today that said someone didn't turn in their paperwork like we accepted it this event it will that will not happen again no other exceptions like they didn't get their physical in until like weigh-ins mm-hmm. and that that's too late and so they literally just sent us like we accepted this the board the medical board is not happy about this and they're not going to do it again not no exceptions we ch- you know we've tried everything it's crazy i mean it's a it's an interesting world i think you're you, you know going through this your first time it's you're you're like scratching your head like wait this is how this works yeah absolutely one thing i i will definitely say is that the commission was actually pretty lenient i felt like with michelangelo turner you know he had tried to cancel the bout probably four times before he actually did and i kept saying dude two more minutes. Let me try one more phone call, one more phone call. And he gave me a few extra tries. You know, I was really trying to track Michelangelo down and get it done because like I said, he, you said, you know, guys give off signs that it's not going to happen. I personally got no signs from Michelangelo that it wasn't going to happen. He was on time at weigh-ins, made weight, did all his paperwork. Like I said, got the COVID test. That's the part that just blows my mind. Why? He wasn't a debut either. He yeah. has, he, he's fought before. Yeah. So like a part of me is, kind of concerned like I want to hear back from Michelangelo to make sure that there's nothing crazy like there's no family member in danger or like there's no craziness but I don't know man like he's obviously not reaching out he's I feel like intentionally sending me to voicemail every time I tried you know it's the one ring and then straight to voicemail so it is what it is man I mean we lost the bout and the most unfortunate part is obviously Dalton Macri who you know, kills himself to make 125. You could tell he was miserable at weigh-ins and told us, you know, haven't been down here in a long time, but I did it for you guys and made weight like a professional despite it being his amateur debut and super excited for the opportunity. You know, Jason Cardillo was there to corner him, all excited. Everybody's pumped up to see his MMA debut and then that happens. And then you have to take him aside during the rules meeting and break the news. Yeah, so, yeah, ultimately it is what it is. I, I, I really feel for the guys like that's the biggest thing at that point is telling Dalton and, and, you know, just telling, offering him, dude, he 
took it like a champ. It was like, I know it's not your fault. Like it happens. Like it is what it is. Like, but I, I mean, what if, I mean, that's the kind of guy that like, when someone handles a situation like that, like shows a maturity and professionalism, like isn't mad at the world. Like that is the kind of people we you know, like we'll bend over backwards for you anytime when we know that this is how you conduct yourself. So, yeah. One thousand percent. I think, you know, Macri's a guy that we obviously want to get on this December 4th, Brawl in the Berg 10 card, you know, get that rebooked. And he was, like you said, just a total champ about it and even saying, you know, I'm not mad at you guys at all. Like he said it in those explicit terms, like I fully understand this is not your fault at all. I'm not holding anything against you guys. I've loved everything you do. And like not to toot our own horn, man, but that's one thing that I heard a bunch on Saturday, you know, from the out of town guys included, you know, James Gray at Scorpion Fighting Systems, Jason King and his wife, Emily King at Knoxville MMA, Damone Hawkins and his crew, Tom Kaiser and his crew. I heard it a bunch from people saying, hey, look, we really appreciate the way you guys run things and we want to work with you again. So just on a personal level, you know, that's awesome to hear. And shout out, by the way, James Gray and Sean McGuire showed up on fight night for COVID tests and everything in full suits, man. You want to talk about professional looking here that for the got, job. Love I think, I, I think, I think that might have inspired me. I mean, there's nothing that you or Jim could do. Jim, like with the, you know, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but, but you had the blazer on like, and that didn't, you know, but James Gray and Sean, man, those two, man, they looked like, I was always wondering, like, what is, like, what does a million dollars look like? Like, what does that look? And I saw it at, at Brawlenberg Nine. So you absolutely did, and and I gave him gave him big props for that. And also, shout out to James Gray. I saw on his Instagram he got engaged on Sunday. So I, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you'd have think, you know, you'd have thought that we would have like been been given a heads up, like, hey, tomorrow's like a big day for me. Like, no, he just goes like. Saturday, Brawlenberg 9, Sunday, get engaged. Like, no big deal. Yeah, I can only assume today he's doing, like, I don't know. Like, what what can top all that? What Like, where do you go from there? What is Monday? Ha- when that's your schedule, What what's Monday? I don't know. We might need to like, check up. <laughs> every day you're, like, outdoing yourself. So, James Gray is probably, uh, you know, winning a, winning a Pulitzer or something. Like, Nobel yeah. Peace Prize or there it is. Yeah, definitely Nobel Peace Prize winner James Gray on the loose right now. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the announcement is not for a couple hours, though, because it's only like noon. Yeah, yeah, but they'll, they'll get to it. You know, we need to let the good people know what, what his distinguished work in the field of science is doing right now. So, James Gray, you're the man. It was a pleasure working with you, man. I hope we can definitely run that back soon. So, But that's the thing, like with, with those guys, like we love working with those guys, too, like you said that they said like they love working with us and want to want to like those guys are gold to us, man. Like you, you, you got guys that are professional that come in ready to ready to fight, ready to perform, you know, Jason and his guys were all on, you know, on part. I loved So Jason and her, her name's Emily, right? Yep. I loved them. I I loved them. Like yeah. they're cornering. Like they're like, it, it, it was the first fight of the night. I don't know if if this was a bit like if you could tell on the pay per view. And, and we're right. Like we're cage side. We're right there. 
did you know did you see all this going on I, I, if, if you're going to say what I think you're going to say, yes, and it was incredible. <laughs> so I don't know how much of the audience, I know people that were sitting in the very front could hear it and see it taking place, but it was the first fight of the night and, uh, and they're like coaching their fighter and, and literally like, it's very quiet in there. Like this was a very quiet crowd. Like uh, normally our crowds are real loud and boisterous from the get go. Like this was a different crowd. It was a very like quiet crowd. We had a lot of debuts on the card. And I think that's part of the reason is like a lot of these people were coming to their first show. Um, mm-hmm. so they weren't like obnoxious, like, you know, me. Like the vets. Uh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> so they'll, they'll learn. They'll learn. <laughs> but, uh, so we had a kind of a quiet crowd and it's like real quiet during this first fight. And, and so it's funny when you drink that, what is it? Chocolate milk? No, this is just cold brew. It's just a big okay. old jug. Of- it's like, it's like swearing is going on or something when you pull it up. Cause it's like blurred with. Yeah. yeah, Right. Right. It's censored. You can't it's see what censored. I'm Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want any, like until they start sponsoring, we make sure we censor any logos or anything. Yeah. I can't tell you who that is. So local coffee shops get at us. Let's go. correct anyway um but so they're having a literally a conversation with him and it's like funny like he's talking back to them he's like they're like what do you like i don't know exactly what the words were but it was something in the along the lines of what did we tell you to do before and he's like oh you do this and like they're like yay and like it was absolutely like the funnest thing yes it was really funny and cute and there's like the the emily was like super cute about like it, it was just really good it was it was very entertaining i don't know how much of that came across on on the pay-per-view or anything like that i actually didn't i didn't notice i'm gonna look at it again but it was really cool yeah i think it was in the very first round ricky got a takedown on nathan kabaski and you could hear the corner tell him remember ricky no head strikes on the ground like uh, novice amateurs you can't strike to the head on the ground for anybody listening that wasn't aware in the state of PA. So only body shots are allowed on the ground. So they say, remember Ricky, no head strikes. And Ricky literally laughs and said, I remember like, you can hear it plain as day. He's laughing and says it like it was, it was like Ryan said, it was genuinely adorable. And like shout out to both Ricky and Nathan, because that was an awesome, awesome way to start the card Two 19 year old kids. And it was a split decision that genuinely either guy, whoever they announced the winner, I wasn't going to have a problem with it. You know, both guys really showed up for that fight and were professional. Like we've said the whole way through weigh-ins, all the paperwork, everything that needed done, despite being 19 years old and their first time doing it, they were awesome. And I just loved their energy backstage the whole time. They were all smiles. Every time you passed them, you know, they just smiled at you and fist bump you happy to see you. Like those were two guys who genuinely wanted to be there and will be there again. So it was awesome to see. Absolutely. Those guys, you know, that's gold. That's gold. Guys that really want to be there and really want and and value what we do and we value what they do. And it works well. It's a partnership. Like we can do great things for you. You can do great things for us. It'll work out for everyone in the end. We'll build you up. You, you thrive with, you know, that's what we try to do. So, yeah. So we talked, that was the first fight of the night. I want to run the whole way to the top because given the scope of this conversation, it, it would be an injustice to not talk about Angel Blackwell and her team 
and how professional they were throughout coming all the way from Atlanta. First of all, this wasn't a short trip for them by any means. And she brought a whole crew out. You know, there was zero issues with her and she brought the fight to Sid Ross, who we all know, you know, Sid's an amazing fighter and an amazing attraction locally and everything. But Angel, I think Sid even said it in her post-fight speech, you know, fighters fight and Angel's a real one. Like there's not a ton of real ones out there, but Angel's a real one. So shout out, you know, Angel and her crew. I know you had really good experiences with them as well. I saw you talking to them after the fight. I mean, they were just, they were just awesome, man. Like you said, those are the kind of people we want to work with. Yeah, that, that, that was, was awesome. One of the things it, it's like, like having Sydney Ross. Okay. She's now six and four. She's a very experienced, you know, amateur. She's willing to fight anybody. And you don't find that. Like we have people that are five and oh, that won't fight her. Mm-hmm. They turn, they find it. No one says like, I, I won't fight her, but they find a different excuse every time. And it's just like, just tell us like, you're not interested in that fight. Like, that's fine. We'll leave you alone. If that's not a fight you're interested in, we're not going to bug you again. Like we're mm-hmm. not going to force someone to do something they don't want to do. Right. But if you tell us like, oh, like this isn't the right time or I have something scheduled or or, or I have, uh, you know, my pinky finger is um, crooked today. Like we're going to come back at you at the next opportunity because you like you didn't say like that's not a fight I'm interested in. And when you constantly come up with an excuse like then it becomes clear, like, <laughs> well, part of me wants to keep asking you until you actually tell Admit us. it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just tell us like. You don't even have to say like just say like we don't like we don't like the matchup. Yeah, that's like, fine. That's fine. I'm totally fine with that. What I'm not fine with is oh yeah, we'd love to take that fight, but we have this, and then that's like the excuse, like you know, the excuse changes every time. I mean, we get that all the time. Mm-hmm. But regardless, Sid is willing, ready, and able to fight anyone at any time. Like, find me the toughest people. Like, I'm using my amateur career to put myself in every possible scenario situation. I don't care. Like, I'm going to go up to 135. I'm going down to 120. Like, she's had this... She wants to use her career, her amateur career to prepare her. And that's what you should be doing. That's what the way I think everyone should be. Like who cares if you're six and oh as an amateur. Like you start all over and if you padded your record and put yourself against favorable matchups every time as an amateur, it's going to show as a pro in your record when it actually matters. And so she's six and four as an amateur and (laughs) wait till you like she's put herself in in all kinds of situations but on paper this looked like this looked like uh like a two and two versus a six or uh, five and four like she had much more experience like she should she should be able to we knew that wasn't the case coming mm-hmm. in we knew this was going to be a battle and that's what like that's why we put that in when we previewed it like this is a huge test because this girl is an animal yep and so um when we, when we, when we, uh, you know, Angel is also that same way. Like she went up against a girl with two, more than two times the experience she has. Like people don't do that. She does. She's, she's tough. She's using her amateur career to put herself in situations that prepare herself to be a pro. And 
what a pro she's going to be. She's 29 years old. Like that's, that's still very young, especially in, in women's MMA. So she'll bounce back strong and just complete professionals loved having them would have them back anytime. And she's from Harrisburg. So she's a Pennsylvania. So she did, she did have a nice little crowd there for her. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that it, it was great, man. I mean, that fight in particular, I think, Sid was saying, I wasn't actually aware of this, but it was the first female main event in Pittsburgh MMA history. So if that is true, man, what an honor for you. Did you know that going in and did you, you know, no, that, do that I, on purpose? I actually didn't know it until. So Drew was announcing the fight and at the fight, he said he was kind of like while he was, you know, Mike, he was like, someone's telling me that this might be the first, you know, yeah. first Women, he says, is this the first MMA main event in, in Pittsburgh history or just 247? And he was talking to Jamie Chesney. And so that caused me to look it up last night. And I went through the promoters, all the previous cards, and like there were there were no other female main events. Crazy. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I, I, I texted Sid. I said, congrats on making history you know you were the first female main event in pittsburgh mma history and then obviously we posted that last night as well so yeah you know what's doubly awesome about that is that you didn't use it because this is always so disrespectful to me and it's not just female mma by any means it could be anything when it's the first that like you can tell when people are literally doing it just for that distinction like you don't actually believe that's your main event or you don't actually believe it is whatever you're saying it is. You're just doing it for the attention. And like, you literally didn't even know that was the case. That was the main event because they earned that main event slot. It was always going to be the main event regardless. So I think that just makes it doubly awesome that not only did it make history, but it wasn't a gimmick in the process. Well, we, 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 a pro fight would obviously like have been the main event. Had we had a pro fight, we had a couple um possibilities for pro fights none of them panned out um but and we had contracted pro fights <laughs> that didn't pan out for very interesting reasons well, let's get into that we yeah had a, let's talk about it why not we had a pro fight that was like contracted and signed no was it signed it might not have been signed it might have just contracts went out and we hadn't gotten the other one signed but it was verbal verbally agreed to it was rock solid. I mean, we were looking to get tickets to the guy. So it was, it was solid. Yeah. Yep. And it was at 190 pound catch weight. And then he asked, what's the allowance? Like days later, what's the allowance on that? Is it still like, what, how much does the commission allow, you know, give? And, and our matchmaker told him a pound. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. I thought it was 10 pounds. I just, it's baffling. And <laughs> 10 pounds, a 10 pound allowance. Yeah. No 10 pound allowances. I Sorry. Mean, it, it's possible that if you miss weight by like less than 10 pounds, like the fight can still happen and like, but there's no 10 pound allowance. Like that's just not a, like real. Yeah, and so it just baffled me. I, that was one I had never heard before. Yeah, when when you told me, ditto. Obviously, I've never heard that before. But secondly, I was just like, where, like, where does that number even come from? Why would it be ten? Why, 
if it's something, why wouldn't it at least be 15, right, to get up to 205? Like, we're at a cutoff of 205 light heavyweight. Like, this is not a light heavyweight bout. Okay. Why would it I, just magically? I, <laughs> I think it was like the 10%. I don't, I don't know. I, hey. It's just completely baffling. Well, like you said, that was a new one for you, a new one for me. And then we had Michelangelo up the <laughs> up the ante on fight night. So there was a lot of firsts for 247 FC with this fight card. And now with Bitby 10, there's going to be another first, but in a much, much better way, much more positive way. So with the much boxing, more, yeah. much more. Which is coming together, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have you know, we don't have any, you know, major major news to break but we can officially say the boxing card is 100 coming into place and it's going to be awesome like we said we already told you bill hutchinson's the main event so you know that but we've got a couple more guys lined up for the boxing card and that's definitely looking like we're going to have something to announce there pretty soon so keep an eye out on that and the mma card you want to talk about there's something really exciting going to happen at bit b10 are we going to you know talk about that right now or do you want to save it you know what i'm talking about I don't. I mean, there's a lot of really cool things happening. So let's just talk a little bit about like we're, we don't we don't try to be vague like on purpose like we, we but there are a lot of logistics. So we're going to a new venue. We're going like there's new things to worry about that we haven't had to worry about like bathrooms, like mm-hmm. the new the venue. Like I think there's been MMA shows there before and. They just dealt with it and it was a problem. We don't want that to occur. So we have to like plan things out and like work on the logistics. And I I don't, so we don't try to be intentionally vague with things, but things are always, you know, when you go to a new venue, there's some logistical things to worry about, which is why tickets aren't on sale yet because we're working on the seating chart and we're working on like, working on these details that you know go on behind the scenes that people don't necessarily uh it's not right in front of their face so they're like oh why aren't tickets on sale yet yeah so i think something that people will very easily understand is just for uh for example with this card there's going to be a ring and a cage in the same place side by side because there's going to be mma and boxing so if you're a VIP, like if you've come to any of our events, you're a VIP, you're right up front, you're in these tables up front. If we do that at this card and just do it the way we've always done it, you're either going to be incredibly close for MMA and then far away from boxing or incredibly close to boxing and then far away from MMA. So we have to think of a way to make it fair to you that, you know, you've paid this premium price, you're getting a premium view for all the fights. So that's just one small thing to think about. Like, how are we going to do this? So like Ryan said, there's just a lot of new wrinkles to this that we're figuring out. Now, we are pretty confident in our solutions that we thought of, you know, we're going to figure it out and it's going to be awesome. So we're not worried about it, but it's just a matter of, you know, working through it, finding something that makes sense. But to my earlier point, you know, I'm just going to say it since you didn't know what I was talking about. Even though it was your idea. Um, Sid Ross versus Angel Blackwell was the 89th fight in 247 FC history. So at Braun the Berg 10 will be the 100th fight in 247 FC history. So not only is Bit B10, you know, our 10th event, double digits. We talked about how much that means to the promotion. But also now we've got our 100th bout. So that's super exciting. And just 
89 to 100, you know, 11 more bouts. The 11th bout in is going to be a big fight. We like, like we said, we don't know who it is yet. We don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to probably be an MMA fight, and it's probably going to be a pro MMA fight, and it's probably going to be a big name. So it's not all. Probably going to be the pro. It's go. It's going to be the pro MMA main event most likely. Yep. So it's going to be. I mean, once again, it's not a gimmick on our part. That is just 100% how the cards fell, and that's that's amazing. And and that that also, you know, planning that out, like I don't know, everything has to fall in line for that to actually be true. You do right. realize that, right? So if we have, we're allowed to have fourteen total bouts. If we have three boxing, that means we can have eleven MMA. If we have eleven MMA and none fall off, then that would be true. But if we don't, that would not be true. Exactly. So essentially like that might be a uh, it might not be the that might not be the case which is you know it is what it is we'll have our hundredth bout regardless yeah i mean we're not gonna just like okay now one boxing fight happens so we can come back to mma for our 100 like we're not gonna do that obviously but if it happens it happens it'll be sweet in an ideal world we'd have in my opinion this is just me shooting from the hip right now. We'd have Jake Lowry in the main event um, in our hundredth bout. That would be my ideal world. Sounds pretty awesome. I don't think anybody would complain about that one bit. Yeah. So that's what we'll, we're going to be shooting for anyway. If, all, if, if the planets align and that all works out, man, that would be, that'd be something special. Be freaking huge. And I just want to throw it out there. You know, this isn't, confirmed or even really discussed in a serious manner yet but we did just have a guy take home some 247 gold at bit b9 and tom kaiser with a really strong strong performance really good wrestling neutralized everything damone hawkins had and damone was game for sure you could definitely see his explosiveness and the danger the threat that he possessed on the feet but kaiser just totally shut him down and got the submission took home the amateur welterweight welterweight strap that could end up being the welterweight title fight could end well, up being. Unfortunately, I think, I think Kaiser has a fight scheduled. Uh, well, maybe it'll get canceled. You know, <laughs> maybe his opponent will leave on fight night. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, maybe, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like we could schedule it after that, but ultimately I don't think we want to sit on not scheduling. Sure. Chase. And so, I mean, he has about scheduled for November 20th. So, um, you know, in Kentucky or something. So um, that probably won't happen. Well, there you go. See, I have terrible ideas, ladies and gentlemen. They're all always- no, it's a great <laughs> idea. But I, I ultimately, you know, and, and and I didn't realize that that he had about scheduled until you know this morning. Yeah, but he is a guy. You know, in all fairness, I wasn't obviously was not thinking of that ahead of time. But just as you say that, he is a guy that literally told us his last six or seven opponents before Damone all pulled out. Like, he's a guy that has trouble finding a fight. Undefeated, incredibly strong wrestling credential. He's, you know, he's that guy that no amateur wants to face. Who wants to get taken down and abused for three rounds? You know, it's not fun facing a guy with that kind of skill set. So, Kaiser, it's hard to book him fights. So, I mean... I'm not saying I want that to happen. I would never wish ill will on another promotion in their fight, but 
if his opponent pulls out, we'd love to have Tom Kaiser on December 4th, no doubt. Absolutely. And so Ferdaz and Vincent Constantino, that was what you predicted as fight of the night. And I, so have we, do you like now hindsight looking back, like, do you have one, a fight that you think was fight of the night? I think for the very short time it lasted, Tanner Cahill versus Shane Nuttall was amazing. Like, see, it, but I don't see that as fight of the night. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it was too short to qualify, but the amount of action that was packed into that, the back and forth that happened there was ridiculous. But for me, I think I nailed it with my prediction. That would be my fight of the night in hindsight. See, I, I, I hindsight, I really like the Perry Maguire fight. Oh, that, you know. I mean, man, I really yeah, like that fight. That that's fight, a really good one. That was your, your classic, like, grappler versus striker. It was high level. Like, those two dudes were not, like, most, uh, all of our, all of our, amateur debuts like they they did not look like amateur debuts they look like experienced guys perry and mcguire were both on i just was super impressed and even in a losing effort like perry just looked phenomenal and i think if he if he learns to keep his hips back a little bit and and gets that sprawl going man and he he just is you know gets a little bit better at avoiding takedown I think he he makes someone stand with him. He's dangerous. That mm. dude has lightning hands, and he lo- he just looks like he's having a blast. Even as he's like standing there and punching, he just looks like this is like the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. Yes, one thousand percent, man. I think we heard a lot about Perry striking from the academy guys ahead of time, and they they all said, you know, he's his striking. He might be a debuting amateur but his striking is not the level of most debuting amateurs and man did they absolutely nail that they did not oversell their guy so actually that that probably is fight of the night man because as much as we can talk about how good Perry's striking was which it absolutely was like you said mcguire ate everything never he did get dropped once too so even getting dropped getting you know battered on multiple occasions and just eating them he was always right there, ready to fire back, taking Perry down, grinding it out, staying composed. Like, like, I mean, you've seen it a thousand times. Amateurs, when they get rocked, usually do not respond to that well. They panic. And McGuire couldn't have panicked less. That was the composure of a multi-fight pro, keeping it together, regrouping, and then immediately turning the tables, you know? So, and he actually, you know, won the decision. So, all credit to him and James Gray, you know, backstage was telling us, I think you were there too. He's like, man, that Perry kid's going to be good. He's like, he's uh, good. Well, I, did, I did not hear that or see that, but I, I mean, you see, you know, we, we have a shared um, message account and I tr- typically like, I don't know. I, I try to reach out to like fighters when I get a chance to, and Craig's someone I reached out to yesterday. I was literally filling up so yesterday morning i had to get up early to go pick up the trailer and move it out of the convention center because it had to be out by 10 so uh, like there's no rest for this right so eight o'clock i'm up like running around running out to monroeville doing all that stuff i'm at the get-go gas station and i (laughs) you're getting attendees well the funny thing is no (laughs) you and your attendees i i have the um 
I had the fight like on Vimeo, like available. So as I drove out to um, the Monroeville, I was like, had it on. And really I was listening to the production, right? So that's the main thing. I'm not like watching it. I'm mainly listening to see, okay, we have a new announcer, Ryan Kavanaugh. By the way, <laughs> oh, bro, was he good. He's awesome. So good. Ryan Kavanaugh, bro, like amazing. Anyway, um, and our announcers are all amazing. But like when you have someone new coming in, you're like, oh, like unknown. Ryan yeah. Kavanaugh did a great job. Um, but so I'm going out there and I was just reminded how great Craig Perry looked. And so I was at get go, like after I came back from moving the trailer and I, I messaged Craig Perry while I'm filling up. And I basically said, dude, you have it. Like uh, even in it, basically, even in a loss, like, dude, don't be discouraged, be encouraged things were good like you went up against a purple belt jujitsu great grappler like you like that was a really even fight you guys were both awesome so yeah he's gonna be real good and i'm super stoked like that dude is he, he he's he's awesome how old is he 20 <laughs> i love him very <laughs> yeah it's unreal man watch out watch out i will um my prediction is uh lots of craig perry if if he if he well you know wants to fight for 247 lots of craig perry anytime he wants to fight like that dude's exciting he is skilled he's like yeah no man he he was amazing you know he like you said, it's on Vimeo right now. Anybody listening to this, I highly, highly encourage you to go watch the replay if you did not get to see Craig. I mean, obviously, all the other fights are good, too. I'm not taking anything away from anybody because picking a fight of the night would be hard. Like I said, Cahill Nuttall is one that you're definitely going to want to watch for the sheer action, and the finish was just bonkers. But Craig Perry, man, we talk about it all the time, you know, the future of MMA from Pittsburgh and how amateur debuts nowadays are so much better than they used to be. It's just the perfect example of all that in one package on both sides, like red and blue corner. And that fight was just two super, super high level young fighters. So crazy, exciting to see, man. Yeah. I, I, well, I would make an argument top to bottom that this card could have been our best night of action top to bottom yeah i I, it was it was a great car we had uh, we have like three or three split decisions maybe how many were there yeah two or three at least two that's how even jim matched this card and you know we talked about how this card came together late like this was a great card such even matches like amazing amazing job Yeah, it was like, for me, it was the real MMA lovers card, because like you said, three, there were three split decisions. And it was just so competitive top to bottom, like for me, Flood City fight night was just insane, because there were so many quick first round finishes and violent finishes. So of course, something like that is always just crazy to watch. But if you want to see like, true skill and competitiveness, even matched, just great fights that's what this card was this was not like one guy just goes out and crushes the other guy 
like I said, even the best finish of the night, in my opinion, Shane Nuttall knocking out Tanner K- Tanner Cahill. Shane was in real danger moments before that, where I actually thought he was choked unconscious in a guillotine from Tanner. It looked like he went limp against the cage, but he fought out of serious, serious trouble in that first minute before he landed the knockout blow. So even, even the fights that did get finished, you know, Kaiser Hawkins, Hawkins for sure had his moments. DeMar Mathis against Cliff Richards. DeMar for sure had his moments on the feet. There were no just easy blowing through you matches on that card. Yeah, and, and that's what ultimately that's what we want. We want these competitive fights. We want to put people, everyone in a position where you have a competitive like chance to win. And, you know, if, if the stars align for you and you do – you know, you, you do things the right way, you're going to win. And if, you know, if you slip up, you're going to lose. Like that's what we want to create here. Something you're not going to, you're going to learn from, you know, two, four sevens. We're not like protecting people. We're, we're not in the business of, you know, protecting, we're, we're in the business of putting everybody in a position where, they can get better and get to reach their goals and become the most complete fighter that they possibly can be. So, I mean, that's ultimately what we, uh, what we want to do for, for people. So, but yeah, top to bottom, I think this, this card could definitely make a case for best card uh, we've ever had. Yeah. And I, I want to run that idea that you just mentioned kind of the whole way to the top, because we don't, protect our local fighters which you know might seem counterintuitive for a lot of promoters but the idea being and this is the ultimate example because it literally just happened saturday when we're setting up comma worthy's fighting for the ufc and he was holding our pro championship before going to the ufc so the idea being when you win the 247 pro title that's a signifier to bellator to the ufc come get this guy. Like it's a, it's a diploma. If you want to look at it that way, I graduated from regional MMA and I'm ready for the next step. So that's something that we look to do. And I think Jake Lowry's last fight against Marco Hutch being a great example. We do, we do not protect these guys who Jake Lowry, as everybody knows locally is one of the guys that people pen for that guy. Who's probably going to take the next step from this region, but he almost got finished in round one multiple times. That was an incredibly hard fight for him, and that was a valuable learning experience for him. There was absolutely no protection happen- happening there, but it's going to make him more ready when and if he does win the 247 title, then we will know he's genuinely been through the fire and genuinely ready for it. So that's the that's the mentality. And, that, and that's something we've discussed. We, we, we take great pride in the fact that we, we aren't giving out titles. like you're gonna you fight for us and you get a title shot when we give you a title shot we are saying you you if if this is a fight you win you're ready you're ready to move on and so we've had two people win uh professional titles at 247 comma who defended it once and went to the ufc and we have john de jesus who was going to defend it once and then COVID happened and he didn't even need to defend it before he went to Bellator. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately like that. That's what we want. Like a lot of people will like, I love Jake Lowry is a superstar. Like he's a stud, but like when, when he's read, like when we think he's ready 
for like two and oh like he's got some like w- traveling to do he's got some like stuff to you know get him to where he's ready and when that is we'll he'll get a title shot and you know that'll be an indicator for hey hey bellator hey ufc like we got another guy ready and they'll notice that like it's it's we don't give them out yeah those white there's a difference between we have the black amateur belts and the white pro belts those white pro belts are gold like that's saying like this person has reached the 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 heights of regional mma and is ready to move on yeah i think that's really cool man the way you've structured that and it says a lot that the only two guys to ever win pro belts with us are those two guys so it makes a ton of sense on that level i think it's a very direct indicator you know something really easy for even casual fans to track like guy's a 247 champ he must be really effing good (laughs) you know yeah so that's that's ultimately like I've had lots of people that sell a lot of tickets that have asked, asked and pushed for a title fight. And we, we aren't like in the business of like making you feel good. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're in the business of that. That indicates something bigger. Yeah. It's not I- just like our champion, like it's our champion and not for long sure here's the flag ufc here's the flag bellator this guy we got another one ready for you yeah i mean what would happen this from the other side like people who do feel that way need to look at it from the other side whereas what if our champions do go to bellator go to the ufc and then just get absolutely murked three times in a row and they just clearly don't look right i mean comma came out of the gates hot won his first two in the ufc yeah winning in the ufc that doesn't happen by accident. You don't get lucky winning in the UFC. That When you win in the UFC, you are UFC level through and through. So, Kama proved he belonged. You know, DeHaze is proving he belongs in Bellator. I mean, that's, that's it. We don't want to have our champions move on and then get crushed. That doesn't look good for us if that would happen. So, that's another reason why we want to do it this way and why I think that's, you know, ultimately the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that we have the opportunity to like build, like help guys build up their careers, help guys build up their local fan base. If there's there's guys in the regional scene that think it's only about wins and losses, and the, the sad truth is that's not all there is to it. That's only part of it. Right. Right. So, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it was an incredible night through and through in terms of that experience that they need to gain to get to that next level. I think this is a card that we will look back on in the future and be like, man, like a lot of these guys went on to have awesome, awesome careers. And there are cards throughout Pittsburgh MMA history that you can do that with. So oh, I look think, at Pinnacle One. Oh, have my God. Oh, the, my God. Yes. Unbelievable. Pinnacle One was – is like the most thing like how did that many let me i wish i was involved. i'm gonna pull yeah i'm gonna pull it up just so yeah, pull it up because it's just it. incredible it's it's it is just um it's special and that's what we want like to be able to you know we've only been in existence for two and a half years now i want there to be cards like that like wow those guys 
Yeah. I think Mickey, Mickey was running it then. I don't know if Matt was also running it then or not um, in the early days, but that card is just ridiculous. This is, this is madness. Check out the fourth fight of the night. So not even main co-main, not even on the main card, the fourth fight of the night, Paul Felder versus comma worthy. (laughs) That's a UFC fight. That's a UFC fight in 2021. Like what? Are you kidding Paul me? Paul Felder and comma worthy fourth fight of the night. Fourth fight of the night. We like have... If we could, if we could take a time machine and travel back and go to this fight, you would feel so lucky to be there. Exactly. There, dude, this is, this is just nuts. Mike Wilkins was on the card early. Anthony Durnell, who people may not remember, but he's one of the best local fighters of all time. In my opinion. I mean, he's 14 and five quit in 2014 it looks like he retired so i mean he's a that's a future podcast contender right there that guy was an animal uh future podcast here's the top three fights on pinnacle one i'll just i'll name the winners because that they're the all the local guys that you'll recognize adam milstead cody garbrandt and mark cherico so unreal ufc ufc and dana white contender series 100 yeah ufc ufc champion and contender series unbelievable sure. that's crazy it's just ridiculous and comma worthy <laughs> and paul felder and paul felder ufc and ufc like it's mm. insane yeah that that's just freaking nuts so it's it's you know we would never say that this bit b9 all amateur card is going to shape out like that but we are saying Definitely. At least a couple of these people you're going to know about in the future. But what we're ultimately saying is if we all as a community like support this, right? We support the local MMA scene. We support the fighters. We, we support the promotion. We all work together. We can, we can help build up the UFC, the presence that, our region has in the UFC and in Bellator, like we can all be a part of something special, but when there's not events and there's not like in all the local fight, like for a a year or two there over the past, like before we got started, there were like a gap in like, like stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, if this is supported in this, like everyone's involved, like, there will be lots more fighters going to UFC and Bellator. There will be lot from Pittsburgh. If we can have events that are profitable, these guys are going to, we're going to have a lot more people. We are a hotbed. Listen, we're in Pennsylvania. We're going to pull people from middle of the state over. Um, and we are a hotbed for the best base that MMA has. And that's wrestling. Yep. And we also have some ridiculous jiu-jitsu schools around here the grappling in pennsylvania could be top of the heap probably is i would put it up wrestling's definitely top of the heap right grappling is right up there i mean florida could make an argument like there's some other areas that you know have really good jiu-jitsu but the wrestling isn't where where ours is so grappling overall i think if we're not at the top we can be at the top through like growth in MMA and Pittsburgh and Philly and all this stuff. And so, I mean, ultimately in Western Pennsylvania, like we can build this thing up and run with it. And 
I just think it's awesome. It's awesome to see, man. I think Texas has to take the grappling crown now, just since John Danaher and Gordon Ryan moved there. That that's a trump card. <laughs> like, sure, sure. Uh, Gordon Ryan, wherever Gordon Ryan lives, is the state that has the best grappling, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's, like no one out. Like there's thousands of other people, but it doesn't you're matter. Gordon Ryan, you just trumped everything. Yeah. Oh, Gordon Ryan just moved to Vermont. I guess Vermont has the best grappling <laughs> in the United States. Yeah. So, man, like you said, there's just so there's exciting things on the horizon. He travels. That's the new best state. Like (laughs) he's in Missouri right now. So Missouri is Missouri. Congrats, Missouri. You have the crown. Yeah, I love that, man. But I love what's coming down the pipe. Like you like you said, there's so much to be excited about in Pittsburgh MMA again. And you mentioned that kind of gap hiatus that there was in the local scene. So. For me personally, as a fan, it's really easy for me to step back and just be excited about it again, man. It's cool to see it, to be a part of it now, obviously, is a great honor and a, and a privilege that I'm not taking lightly at all. So I want to be part of the thing that helps make it that again. You know, it's it's so cool to me, and I'm sure you feel the same. Well, And ultimately, like, just so everyone knows, like, we're not content. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, there's a bunch of things that are getting worked on. Some of them are like, one of them's pretty massive and a game changer. And we'd love to, um, for that to come through, but I mean, that's a work in progress and who knows if that'll actually happen or not, but it's a dream. And when you work hard at it, dreams come true. So we're, we're plugging away and hoping that, you know, hoping that something that we're, working on pulls through and 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 hunter's mad at work on that and uh and we're all we're listen we, we want to do awesome stuff guys and and so we have big dreams big plans and it's not just plans for us it's plans for mma it's plans for combat sports it's planned for plans for like this region like the growth of this region like we're all going to benefit the gyms I wrote a business plan when 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 I started the promotion in 2018. Well, the first show was in 2019, but in 2018 is when I wrote the business plan. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I mean, part of the plan was putting all the gyms, like the local MMA gyms in Pittsburgh, putting them in a position to thrive, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see some of the effects of like there being more opportunities in MMA and like, like there's a bunch of people that want to learn jujitsu, but there's also a bunch of people that want to learn UFC. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> fight UFC. And, and so when you when you offer that and you have those events locally, like you're gonna get growth. The Craig Perry effect. Like Craig Perry literally was watching the UFC fight. I I think I learned this from you, right? He's watching the UFC fight. Kama was on there and he's like, oh, that guy's from Pittsburgh. I, like he starts Googling him like, oh, he owns his own gym. Like he's, that's how he started training. And Crazy. now he's fighting for us. Yeah. That's going to happen a lot as we grow this thing. Like that's going to be, that's the motto. I, so in my plan, the plan was like all of these gyms are going to benefit from this because we're going to grow this thing and send people to higher levels. And part of our goal is not to like, we don't want comma worthy fighting for us forever. Like we loved it. Like, <laughs> but ultimately, and we want him to fight for us for as long as possible, but ultimately like 
we want him to move on and that's great like that's great for us that's great for him that's great for everyone like so we have guys that we view in the same way like that have the ability to have the talent to go to the next level and we want them to go to the next level when they're ready and we want to do everything we can to position them to get there yeah sometimes that means not protecting them and giving them tough fights that they have to like figure out a way to to so we talked about Jake Lowry immediately after the fight I saw like the Jake Lowry he he had a brutal first round he fought through it like he literally got beat up for five minutes oh bad badly he got caught early so he's like dazed and he's like working through that and never really gets a chance to recover until the, 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 you know, the end of the period. Like he, he could have been, he could have been, he was in deep water. A less, a less prepared fighter would have been finished 100%. No doubt. But guess what? He now knows he's going to be, a, he's going to get to a point in another fight in the, whether it's the UFC or Bellator, he's going to be at a point where he's in deep water. He knows he can get through it. He yep. knows that now. Like, that's a game changer. When, when, you've, when you've questioned yourself during a fight and you found a way. Mm-hmm. If you've never done that before, like, you're, you're going to doubt yourself the whole time. Yep. And so when you put yourself in those positions, like, I said to Isaac right after the fight, I was like, this is a game changer for him. Like, he, he, he could never... Like he's never going to question no matter how down and out he might be in a round, he can do it. And he knows that now. And so I, I think that's the experience that like, you, you don't want guys going to war every, every mm. time. Like you don't want every single fight to be like an absolute barn burner, but at the same time, you want them to have those experiences in their, in their, in their, in their, well, I, I don't know what, what, can't think of their tool belt you want them to be able to say like i overcame adversity and thought i was down and out and i know now i have the confidence to know that like when i have this ufc guy on my back like i can fight through that and i'll i'll find a way yeah and what's so crazy about that to me is that as much as you know you can drill bad positions for sure and grappling especially you can start in a submission and learn to work your way out of it how are you going to defend that you're not going to rock somebody in training and be like okay bro now come get me like like you yeah. can never you can never simulate that so you have to have a real fight to get that experience so in a lot of ways like you said Jake Lowry for sure did not want to get clipped in the first 10 seconds of that fight but in the long run, probably going to be pretty good for him. Yeah, I mean, from a from a like something you notice about fighters is like the best fighters don't let themselves get in their own way. Mm-hmm. So the best fighters have found a way to to overcome all of the self doubt we all face. We all got like the best fighters have like found a way to, to not question themselves, not question the process, not quite like they, they, that's the difference. The difference isn't like, you know, they're all putting in a ton of time, like some more than others, obviously that's going to matter a lot, but you know, the mental game is so key. It's so big. 
wild. It's wild. And just on, on bit B9, you know, we saw Ferdaz got rocked badly in round one by Vincent Costantino and same deal came back clearly won rounds two and three to win the fight. So once again, that's Ferdaz is a guy that, as you guys know, if you listen to the podcast that I think very, very highly of and his skills and everybody locally, it's not like, it's just me saying for, it's not a surprise to anybody. He's good. He's really good. And now he has that experience as well to know that he can come back from that. So Isaac is preparing his guys very well. You know, it's no surprise that both the guys we mentioned that were able to do that are Isaac's guys and the Matt factory guys. So they're the mental strength and the ability to come back from that kind of thing is going to serve all those guys. Well, and again, that's a place that produced Domazada and Chris Dempsey and a lot of these next level stars as well. So yeah, no, no surprise. Sure. And a lot of these guys, like, like I know right now, like there's a lot of like fighters that were on the losing end of this card, you know, that are down and out They're questioning everything. Like you're all amateurs. You're all like in learning experiences and like winning and losing is not the end all be all when you're an amateur. It just isn't just period point blank. It isn't. And so like, take those lessons, take those, you know, you can position your, you can use it to position yourself to do, to improve and do better things, or you can use it as a way to like, realize that like, maybe I don't want to do this. And, and half the people that lost yesterday will never fight again. That's just the statistical um, yesterday, the day before um, half of them statistically will never, ever take another fight again. And, and I would say, like, that's just, don't be discouraged. That's all I could say is, you know, use it as a learning experience. You're in a process. Trust the process. Trust your coaches. If you don't trust your coaches, that's a, like, clear sign you're in the wrong spot. Trust your coaches, trust your process, and, and move forward. I would, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, as we've discussed, I need to get more into gambling, first of all. That's a tangent. I think I would have fun gambling. Oh, yeah, that's gambling. something everyone yeah. should just gamble more. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would have a lot of fun gambling, but if I was a gambling man, I would for sure. It's I fun know when you're winning. It's not fun other times. And most of the time, it, that means that the it's fun for the casino because they're right. all winning. So. They're always winning. I mean, you can't have sunshine without gray skies, right? So you gotta you gotta take both. But, it's like they say the lottery's a tax on the stupid. Not, dude. My dad has worked for the lottery my whole life, and I've never heard that. But I love it. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I love the lottery, so it's accurate. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so I would take. You know, statistically, you say half those people aren't going to fight, but in this case, I would. I would feel confident betting that ninety percent of them are going to fight again. <laughs> like you know, they what should. I mean? They for should. Sure. But you know, when you're when you're a debut. And you've never been like physically attacked in a way that like could do great bodily harm before. And you feel that you feel the brunt of that, like, you know, and you're not getting paid. There's no, like, there's no huge benefits. Like it doesn't seem that attractive, you know, but if, if you remember your goals and you remember what you want to do and why you got into this, then like you have to make that decision. But statistically, right. I mean, half these guys will never fight again. Look at any card. 
look at the losers and see if they fought again. Like they don't. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild to see, man. But I think that's again, a testament to the strength of that card and the matchmaking and the way it came together, because a lot of those guys that, you know, we've talked about it at length. I'm not really going to rehash it, but a lot of the losers on this card still looked really, really good. So when you say, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like when you say a lot of times people lose and think, uh, can I ever do this again? I think a lot of the losers from bit B nine are probably thinking the opposite. Like, wow, I just proved that I could do that. You know? Absolutely. And that's, you know, I think too many people put all their value as a person on wins and losses in a cage and, it, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't make any sense to me and you, you really like you really need to not do that because one your value is not in a win or loss like you you know the people that care about you in your life are going to love you whether you win or lose they're going to be proud of you whether you win or lose like to get in that cage like that's you know courageous in and of itself like you're on an island you're you're putting yourself out there there's even when we have small crowds, they're big crowds. So, yeah. so ultimately, like you're putting yourself out there to like, it's courageous. Like it takes a lot of courage. As a matter of fact, my nine-year-old son had a hard time getting in the cage during the event just to pick the like ticket. He was like, that you're going to make me go in the cage. Like, dude, people are fighting in here. Like show a little courage. You're just picking a number, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but you know these these guys i try to i try to help them and and tell them like dude don't worry about your amateur wins and losses like you're in a process you're, you're we have amazing coaches here in pittsburgh like truly amazing guys they're not just coaches they're mentors they're you got guys like isaac and dom Mazada and you know the, the whole team up at Matt Factory. You got guys like Dave Sachs and and Chris Williams and Chris Deep and like the at the academy. Those guys are like true mentors. Comma like comma is will give everyone a hard time and would like literally lay on tracks for any mm-hmm. of these guys. Like right. And you got <coughs> excuse me, guys like Danilo Villafort. And his team at Indio Dojo that are truly looking out for the best interest of their fighters. They're not putting them in positions to lose, like to, to, to fail. They're putting them, even when you like, there's a difference between losing and failing and those are not synonymous. And right. so they're not put, putting them in positions to fail. They're putting them in positions to succeed, to give them experiences you know, the list goes on and on. The, the gyms here, I have complete and and total trust in Lou up in Armazani, up in Manaka, and, you know, all the all the coaches stout over in the, uh, I mean, they have like locations all over Pittsburgh at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, there's lots of great, Monongahela has a great gym down there. Um, my, my brain, I'm. Well, I'll help you out for a second because I'm glad you went here because this is something that I definitely wanted to say. We've kind of like brushed around it, but Don Caker's personal training tactics was a brand new gym to me. I never heard of it before that we started matching this card. The funny thing is like, it's, it's so comma worthy. Let me, so Don is an OG of Pittsburgh MMA. 
Like he was fighting MMA before it was even like here. And he was extremely high level. He's a very modest guy. He's a very um, simple guy. He has a great gym. He, he takes, he, he, he takes a lot of personal pride in just grooming individuals. And so he's, he, he's not a big proponent for, you know, the, the, the rule sets and, Hmm. Uh, PA the amateur rule sets and so he hasn't done it a whole lot but I've known Don for years now and have you know obviously been you know trying to get him to have guys on the card he finally did it and it worked out and I was telling him after the fight I'm like dude like see see what see what happens like um but hopefully so Don let me just say Don is OG through and through Pittsburgh MMA and he's trained, like he got Karma Worthy up and going, Mark Cherico, like he, like the who's who of guys. He's he's trained like literally everybody. Mm-hmm. It's insane how and I we'd have, he's a he's a podcast guy. Yeah, you yeah. should get him on. He is um, a true legend of Pittsburgh MMA, but super modest. He's not flashing his name or like doing anything like that he's just he's just pouring into individuals pouring into these kids i call them kids some of them are in their 30s like they're not kids but when you're ancient like me they are um but he he literally pours himself into these kids he's a great you know christian guy like love the guy and would uh but he's he's not new to the scene he's yeah yeah Yeah, and i you see a lot of the results of that in his fighters, you know, Shane and cliff were crazy professional the whole way through, but also on the flip side, they were pushing their tickets very hard, selling tickets, selling pay-per-views. They were having fun. You know, we talked about Shane's kind of trolling Tanner Cahill ahead of the fight on social media. They were guys who understood the game. And when they showed up, I was expecting, well, Again, stereotypes, right? You see Cliff Richards, you see a pink red mohawk, and you think this dude's going to be wild. Like, this guy's going to be wild. Super humble, great, nice kid. Kid, I don't know. Like you said, can I call him a kid too? Because I want to call him a kid. No, I think he's older than you. you... Yeah, yeah. But shows up, you know, super humble, super nice, super all about the game. Whatever I need to do to get in that cage, I'm here to do it. I'm a pro. I'm making weight. Ditto for Shane Nuttall. You see Shane Nuttall, tattoos everywhere, neck tattoos. You might think guy might be a loose cannon, you know, stereotype. Nope, not at all. Super humble, super great. Like that traditional kind of martial arts vibe that you expect from people who are there to do a job and to do it right. So you can see Don's influences in his fighters already with just two of them on that card. I have nothing but amazing things to say about Don. I'm so happy to have him in the mix. I've literally been working on him for years now. Um, and <clears throat> it, it finally came to fruition and to great success. Hopefully um, Ohio rule sets like are not as attractive to him. And he's, he's sorry, my throat. Um, but <clears throat> he's always brought guys along very well, very methodically. Um, done an awesome job but he's he's awesome yeah and it's it's doubly funny to me you know you say he's not a fan of the rules which obviously we hear that from a lot of people you know that's not 
going to surprise anybody that Pittsburgh's amateur rule set is not super ideal. But then both of his guys go out and look amazing. It's like the rules for sure did not hurt them at all. <laughs> so I that's what I tried to Im- Im- impress on him is like, hey, guys, your guys did just fine. See you next show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it was an amazing show. We're already, of course, looking forward to Bit B10, but we just wanted to provide a little wrap up for you people that maybe were not able to make it to the show or watch the pay-per-view. Like I said, the full replay is available on Vimeo. And as we've said, amazing fights with some guys that we both legitimately, this is not us trying to get you to go buy the pay-per-view and spend your money or anything like that. But we genuinely think some of these people are future Pittsburgh MMA stars. So I think it's, again, a really cool card to look back on in the future. So if you want to be a little Pittsburgh MMA hipster and be like, I saw it first, well, here's your chance. Yeah, we, we, we don't, we aren't looking to, I mean, we have a pay-per-view deal that, you know, for 30 days, we have it available uh, only as a full card um, uh, video on demand. And then we break down um, after the 30 days, at some point when we get to it, um, we, we put the individual fights available for video on demand. Um, we put a lot of time, effort, financial uh, into, into, putting together like a high quality um, production. And uh, so, you know, we, we make that available to, to the, you know, to the fighters, um, they can view their fights. Uh, but, you know, ultimately we're a business and, and, and all this stuff, keep the lights on, cost money. So um, we, we appreciate the support. And uh, so if you do want to buy that, um, it's, it's available, you, you, you can buy it and, and view it um, forever online um and it's on our vimeo um page sweet you love to see it and then obviously keep an eye out everybody for brondeberg 10 tickets we will have that figured out and posted for you shortly as we've said you know a million times if you want tickets to that one you have to just follow our social media we are very active on instagram and facebook we have a twitter but for now, <laughs> Instagram and Facebook are the places that you're going to want to check. And uh, email, subscribe to our email list. We have text messaging opt-in. So there we have ways to reach us. You can always just check 247fighting.com for everything. So just keep that refresh button handy because as soon as these suckers are posted, they're going to start flying. So again, we can't, we can't hold tickets for anybody for an event like this when it's going to sell out. It is very much going to be first come, first serve. So come get them. Well, and, and we allow um, – so the first opportunity to get tickets comes from the fighters. So the fighters are able to take up block chunks of tickets and the, the, they can sell those physical tickets. So they can consign a bunch of tickets, and then what, what is left over will be available online. You can also, when you go to buy tickets online, you can choose the fighter and they will get credited. And, you know, as a, they will still get the same percentages if you bought them from, from them. Either way is fine with us. But this venue is not as big as we're used to. So this will sell out. Will it sell out a month in advance? I don't know. Will it sell out a week in advance? I don't know. Will it sell out the day of? I don't know when it'll be, but ultimately, I there's zero doubt that this is this show is going to sell out. And so, if you want to be assured to get a ticket, I would get it as soon as we put them on sale. Yep, 
that's the safe way to do it. And like you said, choose your fighter as well. So they get credit. We do want our guys to get paid. That might surprise a lot of people that a promoter actually wants to take care of its fighters and give them opportunities to make money. But there's that. There's the pay-per-view. Ditto for that. We offer pay-per-view commissions to all of our fighters. So when you order a pay-per-view for the live stream to watch live on Saturday, you can choose the fighter you're supporting there too. And they do absolutely get a cut of that as well. So try to take care of our guys. And like Ryan said, Bippy 10 is going to be huge opportunity to do that for them because there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of hometown support with Bill Hutchinson alone at the top of the card. Pittsburgh's going to show up for this card. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, we talk about the top of the card. We have guys that are huge draws that all want on this card that we're working on getting matches for them. We have Jake Lowry with, you know, through Matt factory, like Isaac wants him matched. Isaac want Cole Masick matched. There are a lot of guys that want matched on this card. So this isn't smoke. Like this will not like, there's not going to be extra tickets laying around for this one. Yeah, and there are a few that I'm just flat out not going to mention because I don't want to jinx a thing, but there are a few that we still have our pie-in-the-sky dreams of getting on this card, and we're not giving up on that until it's 100% certain we can't get them. But if we get – I mean, you know the guys I'm talking about. If we get even oh, one yeah. if we get even one out of the three or four that we're looking at, it's – oh, my God. I'm so stoked about it. Yep. We, 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 we have all these things in the works. We're so excited – we have dates available after just so, so everyone can kind of see the big picture. Um, after the December 4th card, the next scheduled date is April 16th. Does that mean we won't have anything until April 16th? Maybe. I, I, I'm not sure yet. Um, we'll definitely have something April 16th. Um, and then we also have some dates May May 14th is a date. What do we want to just tell say just it? Say it. Just say okay. it. Okay. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be in Johnstown on back in Johnstown, May 14th. Dropping bombshells on this uh podcast. Well, we do start listening to these if they're not, because this is actually kind of the place where we can drop these big nuggets. Um and then <laughs> that the sounds schedule- gross. This is a place to drop these big nuggets. Ugh. Okay, I'm sorry. Please, Ryan. I'm Come on, worst. man. Come on, man. I'll, are you so? <laughs> we, the other dates we have are, you know, just to get it on radar: June 2nd, October 1st. There's some flexibility that could be happening with this stuff. Um, so a lot of stuff up in the air, but those are some dates for you guys. April 16th and May 14th are rock solid, though um as far as dates go right and and may 14th as far as location goes yeah man and as you said nothing is set in stone between december and april so if that is how it shakes out and there's no events that's just going to further show everybody how laser focused we are on making december the best card ever you know with with bit b9 i mean we already talked about it but full disclosure we were working on bit b9 and bit b10 at the same time because 10 was coming up so soon and had the boxing element had a whole bunch of stuff that we had to take care of so it's not that we didn't build the absolute best card we could for bit b9 but that was just the reality of the situation that we were working on too at the same time with with bit b10 
we're working on Bitby 10. <laughs> like we're, we're building this thing. 100% of our focus is on this. And that's not to say that even if we do like December 4th to April 16th, there, there might not be an MMA event in between there. Man, who knows if there's something else? Who, who indeed would know if there's something else? Right. So ultimately, like lots of things are possible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting, man. It's an exciting time to be involved and to be involved in the scene with this promotion, man. I'm just I'm stoked for all of it. You know, Saturday was amazing. You get for sure, like you get a little rush, you get a little high from doing that, man. You really do. It's it's really cool to be a part of that. So, oh, that's so cute that you still get a I, rush. Oh, that you're so young in this game. Oh man, maybe that was just yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I, I, I was honestly, gonna, yeah. Honestly, it it it's not this. I mean, it's I still get it, but not like I mean. I don't know. It, I've I've been doing it enough. I think that yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of like more. Um, it, I'm more used to it now. I but I do think there's you know with the special stuff coming up, like that's getting me going again. Dude, I mean, I get excited for get go Buffalo chicken tenders, so my bar is not crazy. Come on. Can we not? <laughs> can we not? No, like, we. I'm I pushing mean, it. You're you're promoting that more than you do us. Yeah, well, get go. I mean, I'm, they need to sponsor us is what I'm getting at here. I mean, get, like that, legit. Why would they do it if they get it for free? Okay, that's that's good. Huh? Do I need, dude, do I need to start going to sheets? You just need to like like get the <laughs> oh you just oh you didn't just go there, did you? Did. I mean, if that's I, what it takes to get get, I think you're gonna lose your your personal sponsorship. Dang <laughs> that! Oh no, I would never get go. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I would never cheat, except for those darn. What are those? Che- the cheese things are so incredible. The mac and cheese bites. No, 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 no. not okay. the curds. Oh, get go has curds now. Garlic curds, nonetheless. Bruh, bruh, bruh. But the, it's the the key to the curds is the jalapeno ranch. Absolutely. Got to get, get the jalapeno ranch. See, Getgo has a Chipotle ranch, which gives it a run for its money. That look, look. I grew up in Fulton County, very small town, McConnellsburg, PA. We had McDonald's and we had Sheets. That those were pretty much your options to eat. So I am intimately familiar with Sheets's food menu as much as I don't want to admit it. Because I genuinely do think Get Go's better. That's my take. I think Get Go just absolutely stomps Sheets, but Sheets' jalapeno ranch is very good. You're not wrong there. I agree. I mean, because yeah. uh, I'm agreeing with me. <laughs> Imagine that. All right. Um, anything else? Do we want to drop any more nuggets? Do we have any more? I'm trying to okay, think. Okay. Let me. I'm not allowed to say drop nuggets anymore. You already said it a couple times, so okay. you might as well just okay. run with I- it now. I'm I'm removing it from my vocabulary. Okay, good, good. Erase that. Are but we yeah. gonna raise up any more nuggets? <sighs> no, no. I think I think we save our nuggets for later. All right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Let me no. Host it. Okay. no, no. You you can host. I don't care. Take it away. No, no, no. No, no close no. it now. I want to hear you close good it. At it. <laughs> I just did it. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, now I can't wrap it up because we've we've busted up this segment so much that I can't even transition to a clean ending. But 
like we said, 59. Thank you to everybody who showed up. Obviously, all the fighters and coaches as well deserve massive praise. Our production team deserves a ridiculous amount of praise as well. Everything they do, we cannot undersell enough. As busy as we are and as busy as the fighters are, they are equally busy on fight night. It's just as crazy for them. So it takes a lot. It takes a lot to make the events pop off the way they do. And this one went extremely well. So thank you to everybody involved. And we are going to run it back December 4th in Green Tree with Bit B10. Keep can an I, eye out for I, Before you wrap it up totally, I'm, I'm going to, I got to do sponsors. Yeah. Because our sponsors are literally the best sponsors that have ever existed. I kid you not. Sunny days in home care. Guys, we all have loved ones. We, you know, we, we worry about what we're going to do when they need help and where we're going to put them. Like sunny days in home care provides them with nursing care right in the comfort of their own home. And they are the absolute best. Give them a call. Great people um trustworthy very great company to work with price industries these guys do commercial finishing painting all of that stuff they're awesome um jason camp is a great dude they have they run a tight ship and what they love to do is they love sending their staff to our shows they fill up three four or five tables and they just have an absolute grand time they're an amazing sponsor we appreciate them greatly isaac greeley is the coach at the mat factory he's also a chiropractor and the world's best chiropractor uh partners with a couple guys to run the rehab center they are like an amazing sponsor of ours um they have locations throughout pittsburgh i think they're up to like 750 locations that sounds right exaggerating that might be low actually maybe six uh, (laughs) six or seven locations um we also work a lot with vet ticks now they're not technically a sponsor because we don't take anything from them we we give them a sponsor spot because we believe so much in what they do um they take care of local veterans throughout the entire country by providing them with tickets to local sporting events for free so we donate a bunch of tickets to them and um you know treat them as a sponsor give them shout out help them grow as a as a 501c3 and they do really nice work taking care of those who protect us and serve us um, with their lives and so we uh we don't take any of those things lightly and um we're, we're looking forward to uh bringing on more sponsors sponsorship opportunities are available um 2022 is going to be an insane year of growth you know we had a pandemic that like kind of crushed our second year of operations and and did a number to us and then this year was like our rebound year and next year's our growth year we're going to explode um we want companies local companies here in pittsburgh and western pennsylvania to um to partner with and if you know anyone that um, is interested in, you know, helping MMA in Pittsburgh grow and teaming up with us. And, you know, we're, we're looking for um, people to partner with. So have them contact us. I'll give you my cell phone number right here, 412-841-8851. They can call me, they can text me um, and, and Hunter as well. 
um, depending on who you like more. If you like Hunter more, call Hunter. Yeah, do that. He, he likes you too. I do. I love I love everybody, man. It's my personality. But 717-404-4835 for me. And that's probably also, Ryan, a good time to remind the good people that both of us are married. So just because we just threw our phone number out there, everybody, it does not mean to be sending us crude texts. <laughs> I, mean, I think the the odds of us getting like right. anything that would like make our spouses jealous, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty slim, pretty slim. Especially but, since this is a video podcast, they're all yeah, true. Well, yeah. maybe some of them will be listening to the actual like podcast on Stitcher or yeah, iTunes. Yeah. Um, the the odds that like someone might send us something that'll make Ethan Goss jealous is much higher. Really high. Like really they, high. They, they might send like raccoon pictures. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That would be, that would be phenomenal. But, but seriously, as you alluded to, you know, we're looking to completely blow up in 2022. And I genuinely think I'm sure you feel the same way that kind of, even though December 4th is technically our end of year show for 2021. That's really going to be the catalyst. That's kind of the starting point for what we're going to carry momentum wise into 2022. So if I was a business guy, if I was a sponsor, I would be looking to get on BitB10. Like that's, I know I'm going to get insane exposure on that. And just as a, on a personal level, what we've seen inside the green tree sportsplex, you can hang a beautiful banner that's going to be visible from every direct like that place is set up to be sponsored and be seen like it's it's really nice like the opportunities you would have to get your brand out there get your name out there and obviously to a packed attentive crowd that's going to see everything and also it's going to surprise absolutely nobody in the industry but sponsorships nowadays mean as much on social media on your website the digital impact you'll have on this event is going to be huge. You know, we'll mention you in everything. We'll mention you on every podcast if you want, whatever it may be. We'll work something out that makes sense for you and your business. So where my head would go for sure, like hit us up about getting involved for BitB10 because this, we've said it a million times, it's it's our biggest show to date. And you probably want to be involved with that. We have preset packages, um, but that doesn't mean that like we'll do, we'll customize any kind of package that makes sense for you. Um, so as we, as we look to grow and expand, um, we're looking for the right partners to do that with. And so we love it for, you know, and so a couple prefaces on that. We won't, we won't take just anyone. If you're, if you're in a certain industries, there's certain industries that we won't do and can't do. So um, if you're in the adult industry, we won't be involved in that. Mm. If you're in any of those um, types of things, but we're looking for um, <clears throat> sponsors that are, you know, business minded and would like to uh, would like to partner with us. Yep. Yeah, man, that's a that's a great place to wrap it up. So once again, just contact us. We just gave out our phone numbers, but you could also always just email info at two four seven fighting dot com. Man. You got anything else to add, Ryan? I think we're I think we're good here. I think we're good. I think we 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 just like talked everyone's ear off. That was wild. That was a really long podcast, but I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you uh, learned some things along the way. And uh, I hope we 
hear back from Michelangelo Turner that he's okay, at least. <laughs> Michelangelo, if you're listening, give us a sign that you're fine, at least. We won't hold it against you, sir. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We, we will see you next week for another edition with a special guest, whether it's Ryan or Jim or a fighter. You never know. We'll, we'll get it done, and we'll see you then.